I'll have to kill him. The beginning of this podcast is just going to be my dog chewing just, on a bone. That's, he's just nauseating over there in the corner right now. It's so loud. That's Aries. No, I'm not. I'm James. No, I'm saying the dog chewing the bone is Aries. Well, yeah. I thought that was obvious. You're James. Yeah. Why I'm we, America. Why are we saying obvious things? And this is City Wave Cinema. The Earth is flat. The Hangover. God is dead. Religion Part is alive. Part three. Episode one. There's so many of these movies. There really, you know, there's a lot. It's I, I didn't think that anything would put up numbers like Harry Potter, and nothing will, because that's what, seven movies? Yeah. But honestly... We'd have to watch, we've, like, Marvel. We've watched four, five hours worth of Hangover. Well, five and a half hours worth of Hangover. And, uh, I, you know, I'm good. I, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. And, and I only have a select few regrets about watching that many hours of Hangover. It's a good thing you're done, because there's not any more movies of hangover yet huzzah um so yeah let's get into it okay my first note starts with the fact that there were so many logos for this movie well they they probably needed more sponsors to actually sign on to make the damn thing there were so many logos there was a lot there's a lot of people a lot of logos so many um and after the many, many logos, we open on a prison. Which is, in comparison to the other two movies, which opened exactly the same way, uh, at a wedding day. Or the precursor to a wedding day. Yeah. This um, is different. It was different. Uh, this movie did not start in the middle of the movie. No. No, it didn't. It started at the beginning of the movie. Which is sometimes a very good place to start. Okay, sound of music. Um, the hills are alive. And that's the copyright. I briefly forgot that Chow was in jail. Really? And I just watched that movie two weeks ago. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing in a prison? It, it was a good sequence, too. The riot, was. it looked good. It didn't make any sense, but I don't... I think it... A, a, a lot of this, uh, a, a lot of this movie starts with the, God, I'm trying to formulate the fucking thought and it's really difficult because this movie gets away with a lot of shit that like a stereotypical film wouldn't solely off the basis that your expectations for this movie have to be in the ground. You can't come into this movie with expectations that it's going to live up to the first one and you're just praying that it's better than the second one. And but because of that, there's just a lot of like really non-complex things that happen or really like simple gags and jokes that just go over really well because your expectations are fucking buried beneath the crust of the earth. I will say my expectations for this particular movie were very low, especially after watching the second one because I was oh like, my God. "I was like, it can't, it can't get worse." Truth be told, it didn't. It didn't get worse. Actually, it got better. 
directly. It directly got better. Um, I then made a note that I was like, he really started a prison riot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just like, how cliche, Chow, how cliche. Cliche, he had to get out, he had to escape. And then I wrote immediately after that, I guess he had to get into the movie somehow. Like, we had to get Chow into the movie. We couldn't just leave Chow in prison. So Chow had to break out. Chow has to be in the movie. It's true. Also, Chow should be so many types of dead from this franchise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The hot trunk in the middle of the desert. The cold ice box. The cold ice box. The various other things that have happened to him on their nights of debauchery. When his heart stops every time he does cocaine. <laughs> Uh, the jumping out of the tunnel, the sewer tunnel, in um, to escape the prison, he, like, goes underneath, climbs out a tunnel, and then, like... Gets jettisoned into the ocean. Yeah, into off a giant cliff. Um, yeah, he should just be dead. Probably, but you know what? The movie opens different and interesting... And the drastic tone shift from the way that the first and second movies just mirrored each other really made it interesting. And it made me watch with attention rather than just be like, oh, I know what's going on. Maybe I'll look at Instagram. Uh, It it was good. And I won't say that the quality of it was good because the riot was laughably bad, actually. But it, it was just nice. You know, it wasn't good. It was nice. It was nice to not start like a classic hangover movie. It was nice to start like a movie, like a movie movie. Um, I then had a lot of questions. About what? Chow. Oh. I was like, why does he not even look the same to me in this movie? And then I wrote, is it the glasses? Probably. And then I wrote, it has to be the glasses, right? And then that was my whole thought process. But there was a long period where I was just staring at Ken Jong like, why do you look different, sir? Why is your face different? Is it the hair? Is it the glasses? Stereotypically, it's rude to look at someone and say, why do you look different? Well, he can't hear me, can he? I suppose not. Um, yeah. And then, do you have any more notes about Chow breaking out of prison? No, I, I just said that it was the shit. I liked it. And then we cut to Alan. God damn it. And the movie's ruined. And Alan is driving down the freeway. In a Mercedes. With a trailer. With a giraffe. The giraffe is in the trailer, not the Mercedes, just to clear that out. Alan is in the Mercedes, not the giraffe. He's also drinking a Heineken. In his convertible. Um, and the green screen is so bad. It's not great. It's really bad. You know they blew their budget on that mansion. You know they blew their budget on that mansion. And also Bradley Cooper's salary. The green green screen tech just wasn't there. It was bad. And the CGI giraffe was also bad. I mean, it was... I think they filmed a real giraffe and just superimposed it. It was bad. I hated it. It was was hard to look at. That's how bad it was. Especially coming from, like, this day and age where green screen and CGI looks about as real as, like... The shit I can touch up in front of me? Eh. Bad. And then I wrote, I hate Alan. America wrote a lot more notes than I did. 
like like a significant. I wrote a hundred and fifty notes about this movie. I probably wrote like sixty. And I think twenty one of them say I hate Alan, so That's a lot. Um I take back my next note because at the beginning of this I just had some trauma over the giraffe and the The giraffe gets decapitated yeah. by a highway, by the way. Yeah, the tr- I was gonna say it. Oh. Sorry, say your thing. Never mind. Ignore what I said. Say your thing. Say it. It'll land just as well. I hate you. It'll be just as good. I promise. I said, this is already the worst hangover movie because there's animal cruelty, which we haven't had before. But I actually liked this hangover movie more than the second one, so I take my comment back. No animals were harmed on the making of this movie. And then I wrote, I hate Alan number two because he's a dick to his dad. And then I said, this is such a horrible story. He was he was a dick so hard to his dad. Because he got in trouble for causing a gigantic highway accident from the decapitated giraffe. And he goes home and he is sitting there and like, yeah, 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 I'm a spoiled rich kid. You can't do shit. And then his dad fucking dies. Yeah, that's about how it goes. This is such a horrible story. Yeah, that's about how it goes. And then we cut to the dad's funeral. Where Alan sings Ave Maria. Like every classic psychopath. Which is a note that we've only just attached because we also watched the Batman recently. And they sing Ave Maria in the Batman. Why is Phil at the funeral? And Stu, for that matter. Why are they Probably both at the funeral? Probably because Alan invited them because his dad died and he is very upset. Okay. But they're like, it's just like, I get why Doug's there because he's like part of the family. But Yeah, I didn't, Doug's related. I didn't get why Alan and, or not, uh, Stu and Phil were there. Honestly, it was probably a conversation that got filmed and scripted and then cut so that they could actually have funny parts of the movie. But uh, yeah, I reckon that it, it made sense to me. I hate Alan times three because of his speech at the funeral. Oh, that, uh, so many people I wish had died before you. Yeah, like that that exact line because he says that <laughs> he says that he wishes so many. Oh my god! Other people had died before his dad, like his mom. I can't. The, I'm trying to think hard if there's a more unlikable character in a movie that I've seen, and Umbridge is close, but I think Alan's worse than Umbridge. Is he- I think I think Alan's worse than Dolores Umbridge. Is he worse than Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him, Chick? Tina? They're named Tina. Tina? Oh. I don't remember if her name's Tina. Oh, but... I don't know. Oh, they're they're all so miserable. They're all so awful to experience in any way. We should start keeping a list of James's list least of favorite movie people. <laughs> James's most wanted. Fucking. James's least wanted. Dead or alive, preferably dead. Shouts out to all those actors for putting on a goddamn performance. I do think Zach Galifianakis is... Zach Galifianakis is a fucking hell of an actor. And fuck Alan. He called his dad his life partner, which was... At least three times in the movie he calls his dad his life partner. I... Phrasing. That's all I gotta say, Alan. And then I wrote, I hate Alan again, because I'm sure he said something else in the speech that made me super uncomfortable. 
Um, or was it because he was Philly the Grave? Nope, haven't gotten there yet. I have oh. one for that one too. Don't oh, worry. Okay. There's a lot right. of them. Gotcha. Um, I get it. Okay. Alan tells a lie in his speech, and I cannot for the life of me remember what, what it, it was. Oh, he says that his dad's last words. Oh, yeah. His dad's last words were for him to never change and be the same man. And as we know, his dad was sitting there bitching his ass out because he was like fucking caught. Like the mayor had called his dad because Alan caused the car accident. Like so many bad things. And he, Alan's at the end of his speech was like, my dad said that he loved me as a person and that I was amazing and never to change. And I said, Alan is still a fucking liar. He has only gotten worse as a character throughout these movies. He's not improved in any way, shape or form. He is getting progressively worse as a person. Like, I don't know why anyone trusts him to do anything. It's not clear. God. I hate Alan number five because he's digging the grave himself. Well, there are guys who are there to do that. Um, they all start to talk. Um, the wolf pack minus Alan start to talk about Having an intervention. Yep. For Alan. Yep. Because Alan has been off his meds for six months. It's not clear what meds. I wrote. Although we know he has ADHD. But the, that doesn't make you do. No, it doesn't because I have ADHD. Like. And I'm not anything like Alan is. I wrote that later on. I was like, what exactly. Is Alan's diagnosis... Asshole. And what medication is he on? Because I feel like I'm missing some crucial information about this character. Um, But in that note of them, like, they're like, I think the only way he'll come to the intervention is if we're all there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is the lamest reason they've had to gather as a wolf pack thus far in this series. Yeah. Um... I will say I actually did chuckle and I kept track of my laughs throughout this movie too. I think there was like three. I uh, you you laughed a couple of times. I laughed three according to my tally. Um, I actually chuckled because Alan digging shirtless was kind of funny. I just like they were like, oh my god, look at him now, and he's just over there with like he's over there with a tab soda. I'm just like drinking in the grave, and I was like, it was just the juxtaposition was so funny. Um. Do you have any notes about that before we get to the Not really. I just asked why Bradley Cooper was so sweary all the time. Because he's Bradley fucking Cooper. Yeah, you could say that. Um, I don't think anyone in this movie actually knows what an intervention is. Because they're just trying to institutionalize him. An intervention would be like trying to get him to take his meds. Not institutionalizing him. Just so we're all clear. Um, and that's really all I had to say about that part, but I do... I wrote in all caps, hey, it's Tuxedo Guy. From the first movie. I was like, I did not remember Nico. And then the, the, the little kid. They gather the intervention people, and it's the wolf pack, this little kid from across the street who goes swimming with Alan. I have a lot of notes Hugely about this. problematic. 
uh, Nico the tuxedo guy, the maid. His mom. His mom. The wolf pack. Is his sister there? His sister's there. His sister brings him. And that's it. Um, I appreciate the attention to detail to give Stu the scar where he got the tattoo laser removed. Oh, I, I wrote that also. I was like, that was super, super good job. Continuity department, film department, keeping up with the story. Um, I did not remember Nico. But as soon as Jane was like, tuxedo guy, I was like, ah, Nico. I remember that one time. Um, I feel like this movie would have done better if we had just gotten rid of the second one. Just ran this as the direct sequel. Yes, because I would have a lot more memory because there was a lot more references to the first one in this one. Well, yeah, they that I would up. remember more clearly had I just watched the first one and then this one, and Thailand had been cut out. Yeah. Um, the swimming partner with a with the child is weird. I don't, I don't like that. Makes me feel real uncomfortable. It's just so weird to include. And then I wrote that note. I was like, I feel like these movies are very forgettable because the first two I've seen at least twice. And this one I will, I've never seen. This is my first time watching it. And I just... I mean, I talked about it in the other episodes of this franchise. I was like, I've seen this movie and I don't remember what happens. I've seen this movie and I don't remember how I was like, I don't know. And I feel like, and this was especially reminded to me, like with moments like Nico and stuff where I'm like, I literally just watched these all back to back. We did not watch anything in between the three hangovers. And I don't remember fucking shit. They're just like very forgettable movies other than like the really obvious moments like Chow leaping out of the trunk naked or like the tattoo on his face or the like the baby or the tiger. Like these very clear moments. But everything else is kind of like. Well, you know eh. what? You know what the MO of these movies is, right? They're shock value movies. It, they're the, it, the hangover is the same as Jackass. They're shock value movies where the purpose of it is to show you incredible debauchery at every turn. Except, in, unlike Jackass, there is a screenwriter involved with the hangover, and so at least one. And so there's dialogue and shit that's scripted in there. But all the jokes and all the dialogue is literally the same thing. It's all just shock value comedy, uh, which is not everyone's cup of tea. So you can see how it wouldn't be the most well-received movie of all time. But they all follow the same MO. It's what's the craziest stuff we can get away with doing and saying without getting an NC-17 rating and while being somewhere in the realm of funny. And that's how they made the movies. That's got to be it. Because there's no other explanation as to why they're all so fucking awful. To be clear, I like the first one. The next few notes are very similar for me. Are they all I hate Alan? There's at least three of them back to back to back. Uh, I hate Alan because of the way he walked in and was like, Where's my blueberry smoothie? No, no, he said Oreo smoothie now. Sorry. Because I made a note about an Oreo smoothie. And the fact that you want an Oreo smoothie now? No, because that is a milkshake. And Alan, it seems they really needle at it this movie, but they uh, do make a lot of fat jokes about Zach Galifianakis, which also shaped Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis 
where he and a celebrity guest of his uh, basically just trade barbs back and forth in cruel insults. And you can watch it. This movie in particular, You, if you watch it and pay attention to dialogue, which is a traumatic experience, I admit. But if you do, you you can notice like a lot of really witty back and forth between several of the characters. And I was like, this just screams between two ferns because it pretty much was the precursor to Zach Galifianakis's Between Two Ferns, in which he also straight insults former president of the United States, Barack Obama, to his face. And Barack Obama called him fat. So, it was funny. It was good and funny. It was funny! What a time to be alive. Um, and then they begin the intervention. It is the worst intervention oh, it's... that has ever existed in the history <laughs> oh, of interventions. It's so, it's so bad. Because, first of all, you're not supposed to, like, tell the person you're trying to do the intervention for that it's an intervention right away, because that's just going to make them bolt. Um, so, like... Doug tries really hard. He's like, we want to talk to you about this place called New Horizons. And he's like, oh, that sounds great. And then Tracy's like, Alan, this is an intervention. And I was like, eh. Didn't he go, what is that? I was like, Tracy is not good at the subtle. Didn't he ask what an intervention was or did he know? I think he knew. Okay, because I was convinced for a moment that he didn't know what it was. Because then, like, Tracy turns to her mom and the mom starts to read the letter, which turns to my, uh... I hate Alan number seven moment when he just is like, blah, 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 mom, you're so fucking, is anyone else bored? Like, and like trash talks his mom while she's trying to read this really sweet letter. And then the maid just starts in on her letter immediately. Which leads to my, I hate Alan number eight moment. Where he makes a mess. Where he like knocks over his glass and is like, wow, somebody should really be cleaning that up to the maid. Zach Galifianakis, performance for the ages. I never want to see Alan again in my goddamn life. I like Joffrey more than I like Alan. Wow, Joffrey killed people. Joffrey killed a lot of people. I'm not convinced Alan hasn't killed a lot of people. Alan has caused people to die, but he's, he's talked never about hiding bodies people. and how it wasn't his first time hiding a body. That was from the second movie, you remember. Hey, look, I remembered something from the other movies. <laughs> but, like, I just. Um, what a miserable experience. And then... Phil talks to Alan. And tells him that like he thinks it's a good idea for Alan to go. And that they'll all take him. They'll all be together. And then that leads Alan to cry? Scream cry. Mark? It's a scream cry. And the kid he swims with basically goes. I'm like, I missed that. Into his chair and I, I said, missed that. I said that kid's reaction is everyone's reaction to Alan's crying. It was upsetting. Because it was basically like. <clears throat> Rip headphone users. And it went on for some time. It reminds me, I have clients that do that. They like fake cry. And they just sit there, they go, ah, 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 and they like look to see if someone's paying attention to them. And, and they when just. No one is, they go, <laughs> they just go, or they get louder. Like they either stop or they just go, ah, ah, and like get way louder. So yeah, no, hated, hated all of that. And I'm sorry that I made you endure me and James 
I'm not. I thought that was funny. That. <laughs> suffer all of you, for I have suffered. Um, and then we're on the way to Arizona. New Horizons. New Horizons. Arizona. And uh, we ask Alan if he wants some Arby's. And the only reason I made a note about that is because I wanted to know how much Arby's paid versus Dos Equis for that one shout out where like Dos Equis is like in every like fucking drinking shot. It's like Heineken and Dos Equis are the beers of choice. So I just want to know how much Arby's paid for that one shout out of Phil going like, you want to go get some Arby's? Enough for them to get the song where they go, we have the meats. Where did I miss that? What? No, never mind. My joke did not land with you. I'm confused. Okay, carry on. Bradley Cooper's eyes are pretty. <laughs> it took me three mo- movies to really <laughs> notice, but like in the sunlight in the car, he they has, were so He blue. has golden shots in every movie because he's the so prettiest pretty. member of the cast. And I just, they, I don't know, they really hit oh me this time. God. And they were just so pretty. Ever since I saw Nightmare Alley with Bradley Cooper in the leading role, I can't look at him normal no more. Can't do it. Cannot do it. Um, I wrote a note. It is note 38 of 150, and I want it to be known now. And I wrote, no way Alan makes it to this facility. There's just, there's just no way Alan ever makes it to New Horizons. And I was correct. Yes, you were. Alan never makes it there. Spoiler alert. He doesn't go there. Yeah, no, he doesn't go to... They don't even... Do they go to Arizona? No, nope, they, they never make, it, make it, to it to Arizona. Yeah, they get yeah stuff happens. Well, I guess no. Wait, they would have made it to Arizona because Arizona's next to California, so they would be. But they're in L.A. They're in the desert when they get hit. Yeah, but if you leave L.A., you're in the desert. Fair. And then you're in the desert all the way until you hit Louisiana. The desert runs from California through here all the way to Louisiana. Where did they have to go through to get to the town in Mexico? Tijuana. They would have to go through Arizona for sure. Okay, so they do make it to Arizona at some point. Because Tijuana's not in Baja. Um, And I kind of already said it, but as they're driving, this gigantic truck comes up behind them and just runs them off the road. Big slam, big crash, bang, boom, bow, scary. And then men with pig masks jump out of the truck and they run down there and rip everybody out of the car. And Alan runs. I said, these dudes are cursed. And I said, fucking of course Alan tries to get away. I mean, to be fair, he is the only person who could have made a break for it. So like, you know, go for it. But also he's not good at running. So they catch him. I made another funny note that comes back to play in later, which <laughs> I said I'm not used to Doug being here this long. You cursed his ass. I was like, I'm not you... used to seeing him for this long. You're like, oh man, I've I've seen more of Justin Bartha's face than I ever expected. I to. like seeing Justin Bartha's face. That's why I was excited. Oops, surprise. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe Doug's gonna get to hang out. I'm gonna get to stare at one of my favorite celebrities for longer. But no. Lol? No. No, sweetie, no. I used to have the biggest crush on him. And I thought Nick Cage was an action hero, okay? We all are wrong sometimes. I'm not wrong about him. I still I love don't... him. Yeah, okay. He's just not on my top five. He could be. I'm right here. 
But then I'd have to boop somebody. All, all of podcast is right here. I'd have to. I, who would I get rid of? I don't want to get rid of Joe Keery. Is Colin O'Donohue still on there? Yeah, but I love. Got it. You got to get rid of him. I'm not getting. If you rid want of Justin Colin Bartha, O'Donohue. you got to get rid of Colin. O'Donohue. I don't want Justin that bad. I'd rather have Colin O'Donohue. Anyways, how dare you sideline me into that? I wrote, "Hey, black, not black, Doug." What? Well, because he, I go, I got really excited about it being Black Doug, but in it's the process fucking, of me Mike, writing, Mike Epps is on screen. In the process of me writing that note, he goes, "Don't call me that," and I was like, "Oops, okay, my bad." Hey, Black, not Black Doug. <laughs> so, uh, you wrote, you wrote a funny race joke in your notes. That's good. That was good. I said, "Oh, it's Doug. Why is it Doug? Oh, it's John Goodman." I re- John Goodman's on screen. I did. I wrote a similar note where I was like, Sully, I mean Marshall. <laughs> ah, yes. The man who portrayed Sullivan in James P. James Sullivan. P. Sullivan in fucking Monsters, Inc. is out here in a hangover movie saying, fuck this and fuck you and fuck that. And he says the word. Well, I think it's a slur. I don't want to say it, but he says a lot. Actually, there's a lot of slurs that get said in this movie. Uh, I will say this is one of the first Hangover movies where I've not had to write excessively that they couldn't make this movie today. But I think we were no, getting, they didn't do any gratuitous weird sex shit. Or like there was only like a couple body shaming moments, and I think and it was all because Zach Galifianakis is heavy set. And one, I only counted one really racist moment. I wasn't paying attention. Or no, two two racist moments. Um, my response to seeing all these dudes take down their friends and uh, Marshall show up was, "What the fuck did Alan do now?" Funny enough, Alan didn't do shit. Alan technically did shit. Alan didn't on purpose do anything. He was talking to Leslie. Yes, but he's been talking to Leslie for two movies and nothing bad has happened because he talks to Leslie in any of them. It just happens now. Nothing bad happened. Actually, they wouldn't have made it through the second movie if he hadn't been talking to Leslie all the time. They wouldn't have but made it. But now through. it's a problem. Um, I just, right as I said that, though, you couldn't make this movie now because we'd use the N-word with a hard R. Like that, so... Oh, it was, that's the flashback where he yeah. buys the drugs? And he goes up to Doug in the car. Uh, yeah, unnecessary interaction. Uh, un- unnecessary, because we already know that he bought the drugs from Doug. And all the... Basically, there is a flashback to the first movie in what could be considered a deleted scene, where we get... Alan in a liquor store buying the Jaeger and then he sees someone do a drug deal out in the parking lot with Mike Epps, who is Doug, other Doug, and he goes, oh, ha-ha, and he walks out into the parking lot and says a racial slur and, <laughs> and buys the drugs from Doug. But we already knew that that happened because that was how the first movie happened. So to have that scene in this movie, hugely unnecessary. And it wasn't even really long. It was like maybe 35, 40 seconds of screen. Could have 
axe that without much of an issue because then we have another flashback to the end of the first movie where they get Doug back from Chow and Doug goes, oh, I must have mixed up the bags. My bad, Alan. Marshall's going to be mad or some shit. He's going to kill me. Um, which I, the only the only reason we had that is so we could name drop Marshall and prove that he's been here the entire time. Right. Um, I also got my second. No, I can't say that yet. Um, <laughs> basically, we find out that Marshall wants the Wolf Pack to go track down Leslie Chow because Leslie stole twenty one million dollars in gold. Yeah, bars. from him. Because he stole it first, and then Leslie Chow stole it from him, and now he's mad. In a classic, I stole this, and then he stole it from me movie moment, Marshall wants for the wolf pack to go get Leslie so that they can get the $21 million that Leslie stole. So they go find Leslie in Tijuana, Mexico, because apparently- Impressively fast. Because apparently, Alan- who said he knew nothing about where Leslie was, has has an email from Leslie Chow that says, I'm in Tijuana, Mexico. Oh, it's so dumb. No, no, no. No, no. He says, I'll rendezvous with you in a couple days. Yeah. And then they email him back and they say, let's meet up now. Like, where are you? And then he says he's in Tijuana. And then he says he's in Tijuana, Mexico. Gives instructions, the bench, blah, blah, blah. Come alone. Come along. So then they send Stu to go write a prescription for Demerol to drug Chow so they can take him to Marshall. And then they go to Tijuana and Alan sits on the bench and Chow comes up and that's where I get caught up with my notes. Uh, Are you, are you caught up with your notes? She's lost in thought. Lost in the apps. I have... Okay, hang lost on. Lost in the notes app. I'm going to speed run this really quickly because I am Did not... Did you just skip a shitload of notes? Yeah. Oh uh, my god. I, well, because I was confused about what my my second laugh was about. It was something about Leslie Chow fucking, and I don't know what it was about. What? Yeah, see? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Your notes are worse than mine. I said, Chow, well, here's the thing. I said two laughs, but I didn't I didn't want to forget what it was about, so I wrote what it was about, but I don't remember why I wrote that. Um, I said, Chow is now the best part of these movies. I hate Alan times nine for some reason about the plan when he's talking to Stu. Um, or when they're talking to Marshall. Sorry, when they're talking to Marshall. Chow and Alan are the same type of insane. Uh, and then... Marsh, Marshall makes a uh, line if he's like, yeah, he escaped in a shipping container and is like now on his way to the U.S. And I was like, how does he know such specific details about where Chow is? Like, how does he know that Chow escaped on a shipping container? Um, And then Marshall takes Doug, regular Doug. Regular Doug? <laughs> You can't say that. Not like, oh my god. Marshall takes Justin Bartha. There we go. He takes. And Mike Epps, because Mike Epps works for him. Technically. Both Dugs leave. Other Doug take original Doug in the car. 
This is why they chose to name the drug dealer Doug is so that when people in the future made podcasts about it, you would have moments where you don't mean to be racist, but whatever you say comes out not sounding quite right. And no matter what you do, you can't dig your way out of the hole of other Doug like it's a bad thing. And that was totally their intention to cast Mike Epps and to just fuck everyone in the future who tries desperately not to be racist, but ends up being just a little bit on accident. Not on purpose. It's not malicious. It's just harmless. Ha <laughs> ha fun, right? Ha 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 ha. And all I wanted to say about that was, of course, I was wondering how slash when we were going to get rid of Doug. Because Doug can't be in a full Hangover movie. It's no, not allowed. It's not allowed. I, I, I wrote, it would have been more funny if they left Doug and took Alan. I wanted them to take Stu. No! Ed Helms is like the fucking backpacker of the franchise. Note 53, I would also like them to take Stu. Because Alan makes a note of like, take Stu, not Doug. And I was you like... Really, you really want to watch... A Hangover movie where it's just Bradley Cooper and Zach Galifianakis doing the Hangover shit, and we don't have Stu. I want to watch Justin Barth. <laughs> oh, you wanted them to lead Doug. Yeah, the I lead Doug takes Stu. Oh man, I would rather have <coughs> Justin Barth, Zach Galifianakis, and fucking Bradley Cooper. That's better. Um, I hate Alan times ten for whatever reason in that moment. No. <laughs> Um, it's because he's an asshole. This is the most chaotic opening to a Hangover movie ever, and that's saying something considering all the other Hangover movies. Right. Uh, this is about where I started writing that I think this is actually much better than the second movie. I don't... Oh, my laugh number three was when they were... Um, they say Papa Giano when they're referring to like this a bunch of Italian things. They're like... Buongiorno, ba-da-da-da, Papa John. I thought it was ciao, like goodbye, you know, ciao, yeah. arrivederci, Papa John. Like, and I was like, I, I, it was, it, it was funny. Um, <laughs> your, your notes fucking suck. <laughs> no, they would have been great if I hadn't sped ahead, but now I'm just trying to like. Yeah, trying to recycle fire. your fucking notes. Um, I hate Alan times eleven. They make this plan to go drug Chow, which we talked about, and I said Chow has beaten you all up multiple times. I don't know how you think this is going to fucking work. Uh, they're like, go I'm going to drug him. I'm like, he is an addict. He can handle drugs. I don't know how you think this is going to work. Uh, I've never seen a pharmacist this good at his job. Because when Doug goes to get the drugs, the pharmacist is, like, questioning him and, like, looking at everything. It's, it's not Doug, it's Stu. Stu, sorry. Um, when they send Stu to go get the drugs, they're, like, pharmacist is, like, double-checking everything. And I'm, like, I've literally probably been able to steal medicine before and gotten away with it from pharmacies. And this pharmacist is taking his job so fucking seriously right now. It's because his dad is the pharmacist. Um, And then... He, like, goes, Dad, we've got a live one here. And then Stu just has the drugs. And there's no follow-up. There's no clarification as to how he got them. That's the joke. And I want to know what happened. They verified that he had a real dentist's license and he is allowed to write prescriptions. And they were like, okay. I'm not going to think about that ever again. There's your narcotics. I wrote this plan of shit. Their whole plan... To go drug and, like, take down Chow is absolute garbage. Um, they've also finally learned to not trust Alan with drugs. 
And I'm very proud of them. I'm very, very proud of them to not trust Alan. The plan is to get Alan to convince Chow to go talk about whatever they need to talk about in a movie theater. The other guys get the seats behind them, jab Chow with the drugs, bundle him out, get him in the car, done deal. Right? Right. However, they're not fucking secret agents, and they get made immediately. <laughs> um, I hate Alan number 12 for the way he talks to Stu. At, like, right after they formulate this plan before they're about to head to Tijuana. I hate him for that. He was very mean. Very rude. <laughs> um, I wrote, no way this plan succeeds. Because it, there's just no way that it does. Um, and I've decided that every time Stu says something about Alan, he is 100% correct. Yeah. Through any... Sorry, whoa. Pardon you. (laughs) Through any of these movies, um, there's a lot of times where Stu says something about Alan. In the first movie, you kind of laugh it off because you don't really know. And in the second movie, it's a little more, like, poignant. And in this movie, I'm just like, I think everything Stu has ever said about Alan has been 100% accurate. Um, And then we have Chow. Ah, yes. I've caught back up now. We're all here at the same moment, at the same time. My notes are back in order. It's all good. And I can confirm with 100% certainty that it was indeed the glasses that make Ken Jong's face look like Leslie Chow. Without them, he's just the Dr. Ken Jong. Ken Jong is a real doctor. He's a real doctor. He was a practicing doctor. A doctor, doctor. Like, real doctor. Not like He's a whole do- Not a dentist. He's a whole doctor. The joke that dentists are not doctors is hilarious because they have doctorates. It also comes up so frequently. Like, when did that start as, like, a thing that I people think just it's in it? this movie. I think this movie started the idea that dentists aren't doctors. They say it in Friends, too. Really? Mm-hmm. They have doctorates. I get it if it's like someone gets like an honorary doctorate from somewhere. Like I think Shaq has an honorary doctorate. That doesn't make him Dr. Shaq. It should. But no. 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 If I take the sword off the wall and knight you, that doesn't mean shit. Well, no, you're not. It's an honorary knighting. No. That would be like someone saying I knight like uh like Prince Charles saying I knight you. But, like, not going through the ceremony, that would be an honorary knighting. And no one would ever call you sir. What are you looking at? There's a shimmery light on the wall. What? Are you high? (laughs) No. Did you do drugs while we watched the movie? Is that why you have 150 notes? And then... And then... You are having a time this episode. Truly, a a whole time. They, Chow and Alan talk for a minute, and then Chow figures out that Alan did not come alone. And he sees Stu. No, he sees Bradley Cooper. He sees both of them in the truck. That's true. He sees Stu and Phil in the truck. He grabs a rock. And starts marching his way over there. 
and all I could write was, I don't know why they thought this would work. Chow is actually, like, psychotic. Like, he's a crazy person. And then they somehow convince Chow that they actually came down there with Alan because they missed him so much. And Chow being so deprived of any sort of relationship has a tiny little fissure in his heart snapped and he is duped into hanging out with them. I wrote the fuck is happening right now cuz that whole that whole sequence was so crazy. Truly bizarre. And then I wrote this works. But only kind of. The amount of times that Phil's bullshitting works in these movies is it's just because he's pretty crazy he's got he's got charisma his charisma modifier is plus 10 at all times he's the bard he can seduce anyone i've got a question that james can answer i can answer this question how many years have gone by between part one and part three like part one was in 2009 how many real life years yeah real life years i don't Uh, care about Movie years. Okay, I thought you were trying to get some plot information. No, I want I want actor information. So I need to know how many years have gone by between 2009 and 2013. 13. I could do that math. Wait, that's four. Four yes, years. Yes, four years. I just didn't know when this movie was made. Um, Technically, the first Hangover would have been made in 2008. Because it's always made the year before. But still three years. So, no, it would have been four still. 2008 to 2012 is four years. Four years. Okay. Um, It's just... Ken Jeong just looked really much older in this movie than he did in the previous ones. Like, in the first one, he just looked really young. I don't know. I just wanted to know why, like, how much time had gone by because he just looked so much older. And then they're idiots for (laughs) the upteenth time in such a short... 20 minutes. Oh, Chow is so much better at being a criminal than they are. They take Chow's drink while Chow is on stage and can see them. And they bring it behind the table and put the drugs in it. And then they put it back on the table. And I don't know if you've ever been a criminal or a, <laughs> or a woman at a bar. But if you lose sight of your drink for even a minute, you do not take a drink from that drink. Again, because someone has definitely drugged you. Holy shit. That's a poignant PSA. For you fucking criminals out there. Stop it. Stop drugging people, guys. Stop doing crimes. Crimes. We haven't had a Greg good moment in a minute. <laughs> you are so all over the place right now. Um. I cannot keep up. Chow's not stupid was my whole note for that because he's not going to take a drink because he lost sight of it. Um, and then the minute I see him knock down the mic stand after he's done singing karaoke and chase after them, I just... Chase re- after them? He just walked up to the table. Well, yeah. The minute he's like, and just like walks over there, he says, I, I wrote, I was like, you all are fucked. Like He knows. I was like, he's going to murder he knows. all of you. He knows. Um, 
<laughs> and then I wrote in a genuine moment, because if you look in the background of this whole scene, I don't know what Zach Galifianakis was trying to do or if it was intentional or something, but Alan starts acting really weird during this whole scene. Really? Yeah. I and notice. I just, well, I did, because even I wrote, what the fuck is wrong with Alan? <laughs> like, because he was acting weird even for Alan. And I couldn't, I, it never, nothing ever came of it. And I couldn't figure out why, but yeah. Probably was nervous because they were drugging his friend. I don't know. So that's halfway through my notes. That's halfway? Yep. I really didn't get that many notes because if I'm honest, this is a better movie than the second one. There's less to bitch about. It's pretty. It's well shot. There's some funny lines. There's a lot of shitty lines. Uh, there's some physical gags. Not nearly as many as in the other films, but that's to be expected because we're not actually doing a hangover film here. We're doing a different movie. We're doing a movie with the same characters in another universe uh, where they don't get fucking hammered. I kind of missed the hammer part, which was, so I was glad for the end credit scene. Yeah, but you know what? It... Oh god, it's just it's it's like a it's like a drug trip, but in a different way than the first two movies are like drug trips because in the first two movies you start in the middle of everything and you don't know what's going on and you're as lost as the characters are and the comedy is in trying to resolve that loss. In this movie, you are not lost. Everything is handed to you on a silver fucking platter. And it's all performance. All of the comedy is in performance because the story is whatever, but the dialogue is garbage and the fucking performances are just top-notch. They're just great across the board. Everyone fucking nails it. And I'll tell you what, the movie has like a 5.4 on IMDb, which is less than the second one. And I think that is... You're wrong. That is a... Clear violation of the Geneva Conventions. It's probably because it's not a hangover movie. They're like, this isn't why I showed up. I wanted to see everybody get drunk and try to figure out what happened the night before. Well, watch the first one again, because that's as best as it's ever going to be. No one will ever top the first hangover movie with this style. There won't be another set of actors who could play the roles. There won't be another Todd Phillips to direct it and help write it. It's done. Don't make any more Hangover movies. The first one is as good as they're going to get, and the rest are all fucking bad. And that's that. 